CIUT 89.5, the sound of your city. Stream CIUT at www.ciut.fm. Hello and welcome to another edition of The More the Merrier with Donna G. On this show, because Halloween is coming up, I decided to broadcast an interview that I did at the Toronto International Film Festival with Hazel Dupe talking about her film, You Are Not My Mother. After that, you'll hear my discussion, my chat rather, with friend Heidi M. And Heidi is an arts and culture writer. And uh, we are also film pals hanging out together at press conferences and, and screenings and the like. So keep it locked to CIUT 89.5 FM. Heidi M. will be talking about horror movies, but don't be scared. She'll also be talking about films that people like myself, the scaredy cats, can see, as well as some of the hardcore horror fans out there. The more the merrier with Donna G. Let's get started. You're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. This is Donna G. And joining me for this interview is Hazel Dupe. And Hazel, the last time I saw her, uh, she was about 15, 16. And we were talking about the film Float Like a Butterfly, directed by Carmel Winters, in which she played a young boxer. Hazel is back at the Toronto International Film Festival with the film You Are Not My Mother, directed by Kate Dolan, also written by Kate Dolan. And the logline for this film is, a week before Halloween, Char's mother Angela goes missing. When she returns, her behavior becomes increasingly strange and Char starts to think something more sinister has taken hold of her. Well, Hazel plays Shar, and I'm looking forward to talking to her about this film. So audience, pay attention. So Hazel, how did you get cast in this film, You Are Not My Mother? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on to your show again. Um, it's great to be back. And um, I was cast in You Are Not My Mother um, about a year and a half ago when I the, the script first came in, and it was part of this scheme that... Um, Screen Ireland do um, for to kind of promote female writer directors and um, just female talent in the in the film industry in general. Um, so I got the script in um, from my agent and I sat down in this uh, isolated cottage in the middle of nowhere uh, in Ireland and the fire was going and I was I had some music on in the background and it was just the coolest experience of reading a script I think I've ever had um, and straight away once I finished it I went and dived straight back into it so um, I immediately knew that it was something that I wanted to be part of um, in whatever capacity um, and there were two there were two roles that uh, were up for grabs and I went for the role of Char and uh, yeah and I had a, a meeting with Kate and it was it all just went really really well and I um, kind of just I was kind of taken by surprise when they they contacted me and let me know that like they wanted me for the role um so it was just kind of as quick as that and it was amazing this film demands a lot of you in terms of physicality and also just in terms of the emotionality of it um talking about the emotion can you describe your character for the audience yeah um well Shar is uh she's kind of grown up in a, in a household where it's mainly females in the household and her kind of, her uncle comes in from time to time and helps out with a few things around the house. So she's kind of, I feel like her, her idols are the people that she looks up to are women. Um, so, and I think that plays uh, a vital role in her, um, in her character development. Um, I think she, she kind of realizes not to give too much away, but that um, she kind of has to stand on her own two feet um, and that she can when her mother starts to show serious symptoms um, of whatever it is that's happening to her. Um, and yeah, Shara is this kind of, she's awkward and she's um, she's kind of going through that stage that we all go through at some point or another where you're just kind of, you're not sure what step to take. Um, 
and every step that you do take seems to be kind of the wrong one and you don't know if you can trust your gut and whether it's insecurity or gut feeling or whatever that is um so it's a really tough time and it's a bit of a coming of age story for her um and yeah along with uh everything that's going on in her social life how turbulent that is there's also um an incredibly um difficult home life that she has to deal with that uh she carries with her everywhere. Yes, because on top of the horror situation, um, the mother, Angela, is also dealing with um, a mental illness. So that is part of the script. So that's part of what uh, Shar is dealing with. And then we have this other uh, supernatural element that makes that takes place in the film. But what I liked about what uh, Kate Dolan has has written is the coming of age on top of the horror and showing the normal situations at home that then become extraordinary. But you are also uh, Hazel playing Shar, who is being bullied at school. And uh, how was it for you to, you know, act in those instances where other girls are picking on you? Well, I mean, you build up a level of trust when you're on set with people every day and mm-hmm. um, and a few of the girls as well I've, I had known before, um, before being uh, put in scenes with them. So, yeah, I feel like that trust is really key to kind of make sure that you know that what's going on around you is simply for show and to also be able to uh, explore that deeper level of it without it actually affecting you too much. Um, and to yeah to be able to explore like how would I feel or um how would I show how I feel uh or what would I you know keep hidden when someone is um kind of tormenting you like that Um, so yeah there's a few scenes where Shara is really struggling and she just doesn't know whether it's the right decision to um to stand up to them and to show them that she can be tough or um if she even know, like it's hard for her to know if there's even that that toughness to her. Um, yeah, there's a character um, in, in the film who I just hate. <laughs> She's played by Katie White. Yeah, and I just want to yell at the screen uh, at that character to leave Charlotte, leave Charlotte. <laughs> so. No, <he's> so mean. <laughs> actually, Katie was the one who I knew before going on, um, going on set with her, and I had actually done a film with her before where we were best friends. So um, that kind of <laughs> that kind of gave us a bit of fun, um, fun kind of context or um, yeah, background for us to kind of play around with so um yeah I love Katie she's great and she's a brilliant <laughs> actor um, I'm glad that you felt that way because yeah I oh I definitely was- <laughs> did <laughs> yeah. you'll have to tell her she did a great job I will I will definitely Jordan Jones uh who plays um she's you're not quite sure what her role is in is going to be in Shar's life but I found her um I found her to be an interesting uh, character. She plays Suzanne and uh, the actor actually has a boxing background, which I found interesting because of your float like a butterfly um, movie. Did you know her before as well? Well, we'd actually um, at the time uh, of float like a butterfly being cast, we did a workshop together for the two of us. um, And subsequently the film got pushed back and she was a bit too old for the role. So um, yeah, that's where that's where we met. So um, that was uh, that was cool to get in touch with her again. Like really, really cool because she's just a great person. Um, yeah, through and through, she's a great person and a, and a fantastic actor. So I was really, really excited to get to um, play beside her. Uh, but yeah, you're so right. Suzanne is such an interesting character, and she's played incredibly well by Jordan. I also found it refreshing that. Uh, in this horror film, there are so many uh, women, young women involved in the film. It's the women who own the screen, which is so rare in horror films. Usually um, the characters, the, the supporting characters are not that 
are not that strong. They're, they're sort of to the side um, because there's usually a male figure, a boyfriend figure or something involved. And I found it refreshing in this film to see this circle of women, um, you know, playing not necessarily all good girls or all bad girls, but um, how was your feeling about that being on set with so many women? It was amazing, actually. Yeah, it was really amazing. And I remember Jordan and myself talking about this before. Um, we spoke about it with Kate and just, we were kind of, we had never been on a set with so many women. Um, and so, and a script written for so many, like just really strong female characters. Yes. Uh, yeah, so Kate, I think, had it in her mind. Um, she wanted to obviously bring to the surface the kind of Irish pagan roots that we have. Um, and that's where the mythology comes from. And back when we when we date back to those times, I guess it was the, the kind of matriarch um, that was, you know, holding her own and... and creating the environment around her and for her family and everything so it was a much more matriarchal society um if we can even call it society but uh yeah I think that comes through in the film as well um especially where you when you said that yeah they were not all playing good girls they're not all playing bad girls and each character has something redeemable about them um no matter how bad they are and each character no matter how great they are also is flawed so I think that's uh that's something Kate executed really well yes um Carolyn Bracken plays your mother, quote unquote, mother, because uh, yes. something is definitely up with her. What was it like to do scenes with her? Well, um, Carolyn, as a, as a human being, is a dream. And um, she's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Uh, so we just got on like a house on fire behind the scenes and uh, she was so comforting. And every morning we went, um, met up in the ma hair and makeup room and gave each other the biggest, warmest hug ever. And um, yeah, then when we went uh, in front of the camera, it was just like clockwork. We kind of just, we worked, I feel like we just worked and, and meshed so well together in the most awkward and, yeah kind of eerie way um so I loved every second of working with Carolyn I think she is phenomenal and um I really hope this uh, I believe it will bring this film will bring her the success that she's deserved for so long. Ingrid Craigie is an actress that's well known in Ireland and she plays the grandmother in the film um, were you at all intimidated uh, by the prospect of working with her? Yeah. Um, well, she's she's definitely a renowned actress in in our uh, community, I suppose you could call it, because Ireland is not that big. Um, so yeah. But ex again, like when I met Ingrid, she was so down to earth and so uh, warm and inviting, and just all the good things that that you want in a family cast um yeah literally and the same for Paul Reed who played my uncle like all of my family members were just they just set the bar so high for anybody who plays my family in future um because it was just a dream it was like thinking back on it now I haven't had much of a um a chance to properly you know uh reflect on my experience and the more I think about it now the more love I feel for those people um uh yeah and Ingrid was such a a, uh, an influence as well on my acting I think on uh, and so so was Carolyn's we kind of bounced off each other in in ways that obviously when you're when you're playing against or when you are playing with a grandmother um figure you're not really sure how far to push it but yeah Shar and Rita's relationship is uh more so mother-daughter than um a regular grandmother granddaughter relationship would be um so yeah I found it really interesting and kind of scary kind of daunting to um play scenes with her but yeah more than more than well, exciting <laughs> yeah one of the realistic elements I found in the film is the mother who you know it, several times it's mentioned you know she has her down days and part of the complexity of the script in the film is the fact that you have Shar, who's at home, who's not happy at home because things are not 
right? And, and it's stressful for her. But even within those circumstances, um, and even with the change with her mother, she is still defending her mother, which a lot of um, children in those situations do. Um, did did uh, did Kate discuss this types of situation with you? Because I know she herself grew up in a home where Melton, Melton where mental illness was uh, was an issue. Mm. Um, I definitely learned a lot from Kate uh, in the weeks and days coming up to shooting and months even. So we emailed back and forth and had a few Zooms and the rest because it was during COVID, so we couldn't really meet up. Um, so, yeah, I know that I feel like we all have a sense of how family works and and... There's actually a really nice quote from the straight story um, that I'll quote if that's okay. It's like um, uh, Alvin Strait says to somebody who asks him about family and uh, how like relationships go in family and what happens when they're turbulent. And um, he says, well, I give them, I give my kids a stick and I ask them to break it and they break it and they say, okay, now what? And then I give them a bundle of sticks, tie them together and ask them to try and break that and they can't. And I say, that's family that bundle of sticks that's family and that single stick that's you or that's me or whatever so yes. um, yeah I I had a, a lot of yeah a lot of conversations with Kate about um yeah what are her motivations for kind of sticking with her mother even through um her mother like her mother is so strange <laughs> yes <laughs> like, um, there's so many weird things going on but I feel like as a kid when you're growing up and it's always been that way um and just things out of the ordinary happen and you just have to accept them um you're you're much more likely to come to the defense um when even weirder things happen and especially when you're getting told by somebody who's outside the family that that's weird you just immediately come to the fence the physicality of the film because there's there are a couple of situations um where you kind of knocked around <laughs> let's say yeah. Um, yeah did you how was that learning the sort of the stunt choreography for, for your role I feel like uh that we were on such like a high energy wise in that living room scene with myself and Carolyn that like I was just, whatever the stunt guy was saying, I was just like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll do that. And it just kind of completely went out of my head. And um, somehow I think autopilot just took over and I did actually do the things that they were asking me to do. But it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of out of my head. I didn't I didn't really think about those kinds of things. I just um, went for it. And of course I had like those back protectors and knee protectors and everything that go along with health and safety. Yes. Um, but there were, there were some scenes that were just incredibly written that I just could not wait to get my teeth into. And I said it to Kate so many times and Caroline and I both said it to Kate. We were so excited for the, the scene in the living room and this and um, where we're going up the stairs then afterwards and all of that, just that whole uh, sequence was something we were really looking forward to. So I feel like when we got there, it had been building up for so long that like energies were just like on high, just like skyrocketing. And we were so, um, so ready to get started and <laughs> didn't care if we hit ourselves or like hurt ourselves or whatever happened it was going to happen that scene was going to be good when you're in a horror movie obviously you're acting but and you know I'm watching the film and I'm and I'm and I'm scared because it's a scary movie but it's not gory so when you finally saw the finished product what was your reaction could you step back and look at it as, as a horror movie or were you looking at yourself acting that's a really good question um I actually haven't seen the film yet so what uh, yeah <laughs> so in Toronto uh on Sunday night is going to be the first time myself and Carolyn will have ever seen the film and um, Kate has seen it many 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 times mm. um, I'm sure she could have linked it to us if she wanted to but the both of us myself and Carolyn just kind of um yeah we're kind of gunning for Saturday can't you want to you want to see the audience reaction yeah and also just be well I don't I don't want to kind of look at the audience and see what like what they're reacting to but I want to be in a situation where we're all there's a collective buzz and I'm not just sitting in my living room or watching it on my laptop or whatever yes yeah. yes <laughs> yeah there are definite moments that that I jumped and was yelling at the screen get out of the house <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear this is your second Toronto International Film Festival. 
tell me about your feelings about being back at the Toronto International Film Festival. Well, um, I mean, when when, I, when we were told that it was going to be TIFF, um, I kind of squealed. I literally, I was in the car, um, I was about to start driving and my mom was in the passenger seat and I looked at my phone and I literally just squealed and we both looked at each other and I like had my, my hands over my mouth and uh, we both just knew what it was. My mom knew without me even having to say because I was so excited. TIFF is um, such a blessing and I'm so proud of and happy for Kate and everybody who worked on this film. Um, I think it's a real testament to how much uh, a little can go. And uh, when I say a little, I mean it was a small budget film. Um, <clears throat> and also just how great women are. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just so delighted to be back. Um, I'm not back just yet, but um, I know when I get there, it'll feel like home. Well, that's it exactly. I think what Kate uh, Dolan has done is is shown the fact that horror movies with women can succeed. And I hope this film has legs and gets seen internationally beyond the festival. And I hope it inspires other uh, other women to make uh, genre films and to cast women um, at the forefront of their films. I couldn't have put it better myself. (laughs) Thank you so much, Hazel. It's been a pleasure talking to you again. Likewise, Donna. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And that was my interview with Hazel Dupe out of Ireland. And the interview happened during the Toronto International Film Festival before she had boarded her flight to come to Toronto for the screening. Here now is a piece of music by Jeff Kearns, and this is called Strange Predictions. And after that, we'll go right into my interview with Heidi M. about horror films.
My friend Heidi M is an arts and culture writer, and she's also my go-to person for horror movies. She knows what I can take and what I can't take. In our discussion, we'll be talking about some of those films that are not so scary for people like me and those that are scary for some of you. So Heidi, why don't we start with some non-scary movies, the ones I like. <laughs> so <laughs> why don't we start with some non-scary movies for people who are like me, and then we'll get scarier and scarier as our conversation goes on. So okay. uh, give me a selection. Give me a choice. Where do, we, where do you want to start? I'll start with some of the older ones that I, I call fun. One of my favorites is with Vincent Price who stars as a millionaire who invites people to his haunted house for money. And it's uh, there's been a remake of this film, but I like the original because of Vincent Fra- uh, Price. But I also like how it's sort of a little bit over the top and he just... Uh, so it's a yeah. bit of this gothic vibe to it and it's not too, too scary. I, I love this movie. It's, it stars Vincent Price, as you mentioned, who is, you know, the, the prince of the scary movies <laughs> along with Christopher Lee. And House on Haunted Hill, I saw... When I was younger, but they have better prints now um, mm-hmm. that they're that they're showing, and you can, when you stream it, you can find good prints uh, of this house on Haunted Hill. And don't forget, people, there are still some video stores around where you can actually go and rent these um, movies if you don't want to if you don't want to stream or that's not your thing. Um, some video stores do still have these films in stock. Just want to throw out a, a few like Bay, <laughs> Bay, like Bay Video and Eyesore Cinema. Exactly. Uh, yeah. If you're in the city, those are definitely the two that a lot of us frequent, I think. Okay, so mm-hmm. House on Haunted Hill, directed by William Cla- Castle, black and white, atmospheric. And I love when people disappear one by one. I love that. <laughs> I love I that know. trope. I love that trope in a movie. Okay. It's so true. Yeah. Another classic that I see on your list is mm-hmm. Seance on a Wet Afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, <laughs> I actually stumbled across this film one night on, on YouTube. And I thought, nice. wow, this is really good. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, months later, it, I think it appeared either on Canopy or Criterion. Yes. And, uh, yeah. and then I, I kept telling everybody, you've got to see this, you've got to see this. And everyone I've told about it likes it. So I'm glad to see it on, on your list. How did you happen upon it? Uh, same as you. I actually was um, doing a trip to ISO Cinema. I just browsed different categories and it was there and I liked the cover and I just said, okay, I'll take it. And I took a chance and it was, I watched it on a Saturday afternoon yeah. and um, it was perfect. And, you know, for the, uh, there's a bit of trivia that uh, Kim Stanley, uh, the lead actor, she was nominated for an Oscar. I didn't know, but yeah. I thought that was cool. Neither did I. It's one of those things where you think, oh, I discovered it, but you're really just Columbusing because I know, you know, right? <laughs> this movie existed. This woman was nominated for an Oscar and here I am it's discovering so- it. <laughs> I know we think we're so cool now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, Seance on a Wet Afternoon and uh, tell our listeners, Heidi, a bit about the film. What's it, what's it about? Um, so basically it's this woman who was played by Kim Stanley and she calls herself a medium. And her and her husband sort of set up a kidnapping so that she could solve, quote unquote, the crime (laughs) and be famous. Yeah. But it's sort of what happens in the whole, you know, setup of the disappearance or the kidnapping. It's funny at times, but it still has this kind of creepy vibe. Yeah. And it's set in a house. And Mm -hmm. um, so you have the interiors in it. The cinematography is is wonderful in those mm-hmm. in those rooms and it's gloomy and it's uh it's raining outside so right um, yeah I love that film so that's seance on mm-hmm. a wet afternoon and again we're talking about films that are not too scary for people like me um <laughs> and um speaking of another uh, let's stay with the classics um okay you can't go wrong with Frankenstein um no not at and- all and the James Whale, uh, Frankenstein. Right. right. Yes, that's uh, um, the 1931 with Boris Karloff. It's such an iconic film because I think a lot of people recognize it, even if they haven't seen it. I don't find it as scary. Maybe if you have uh, little ones, 
you know, like maybe below eight yeah, <laughs> years of yeah. age, they may, may get a little bit spooked, but yeah, Frankenstein would be a great family film to watch. Um, just get some popcorn and Frankenstein, the 1931 uh, film by James Whale. And if you're, mm-hmm. um, if you've never heard of James Whale, then Google him because he's done quite a few films. And um, there was even a, a Gods and Monsters uh, starring mm. Brendan, Brendan Fraser and um, Ian McKellen is a wonderful backdrop to this to this film. Yes, good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next on your list, it's like you made this list with me in mind, Heidi. Sort of, um, right? <laughs> Creature from the Black Lagoon, 1954. I love it. I love this film so much. Um, I guess it's just the monster, you know, Universal Monster series. I'll watch any of those. Maybe because I watched them when I was younger. Um, I don't know. It just transports me to a different time. And I suspend disbelief. And, you know, the first time I saw it, I kept hearing about this film when I was younger, too. You know, Creature from mm-hmm. the Black Lagoon. I've seen it in 3D with the, you know, at the old Bloor oh, Cinema. Wow. <laughs> old Bloor Cinema with the, the glasses, the old fashioned mm-hmm. uh, blue and red glasses. And I'm watching this group of scientists trying to capture this sea creature to bring them back, to bring him back and, and study. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually rooting for the creature in this movie. Right. Which, which mm-hmm. I didn't, which I didn't expect. Uh, I think uh, Guillermo del Toro must be like that too, because the shape of water, um, mm-hmm. obviously hearkening back to the, the monster and, you know, having sympathy and empathy for the monster. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Very much uh, an influence on that film of his. Yeah. Have you ever seen Creature from the Black Lagoon on a big screen? You know what? I don't think I have done. And now that I think about it, I wish I had, but it's always been on, it was either on TV or then later on, I just bought the DVD for myself. Yeah. And of course mm-hmm. you can definitely um, watch it from the cozy confines of, of your living room. Let's stick with Guillermo del Toro. Um, mm-hmm. Crimson Peak, yes. which um, I don't think a lot of people saw it when it came out because I think they were expecting something really scary. And this is a, this is a gothic yes. film. Um, mm-hmm. Give me your perspective on Crimson Peak. Yeah, I think you, you're right in that. I think in the beginning it was um, marketed maybe in a way that gave the impression that it would be a, a scarier film than it is. But it really is more about the relationships, right? I don't consider it scary, but I like it because of the way the story is told, the development of the story, but it's just the production of it is just wow. Yeah, the production values are amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember listening to uh, Guillermo talk about the film and the fact that the set had to be destroyed, um, which was such a shame. But Mm -hmm. uh, the costumes are incredible and they're still around. The costumes are around, as we saw from the Guillermo del Toro um, exhibition at at the AGO but oh, yes. one of the mm-hmm. but you know confession I did jump a couple of times I'm sorry <laughs> I get I get scared so I jumped mm-hmm. a couple of times because I'm the kind yeah. of person who's I scare myself people I scare myself confession you do yeah you know and yeah. one of the things that I appreciate about this film is the strength of the female characters yes um, in the film uh, mm-hmm. because it's, uh, you know, it, it, the woman um, who is, I think, is the main character in the film because she's, you know, torn between the love of her childhood friend and the temptation mm-hmm. of, and the temptation of the mysterious outsider. And right. um, yeah, so it's a gothic horror. It's uh, the, the production is incredible and it's by Guillermo del Toro. So you can't really go wrong. Um, with that, this is, this is a man who loves movies and he loves uh, he loves spookiness. So if you've for never sure. seen it or have never even heard about it, um, it is an English language film. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, it's an English language film. So do give that a try. Let's go to some comedies now yeah. um, in the non-scary <laughs> movies. We've got it's 2004. Is that early enough to call it a classic? Shaun of the Dead. Depends who you're talking to in terms of age groups, right? Like for no. us, probably not, but for someone younger, oh my God, yes. <laughs> that old movie from 2004, Shaun of the Dead. Tell people about Shaun of the Dead. Uh, so Shaun of the Dead is uh, directed by Edgar Wright. And uh, it's basically 
it's sort of like a day in the life of this this guy who doesn't really have anything going on in his life but this sort of this zombie apocalypse is happening and then him and his best bud buddies have to kind of fight for survival yeah and um it's just so fun to watch um it's like truly laugh out loud funny yeah you know? and you know these it's uh it stars uh simon pegg and nick frost mm-hmm. Who play yes. friends and they have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, There's so many scenes, right? Yeah. Like I love the scene, the first going to the pub and everything, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do with there, but the two of them are just so good together, right? Yeah. So and you know, a, a, a zombie appears in, in the in their one of their backyards, and they just look <laughs> at her and they think, wow, she's so drunk. <laughs> and she's not drunk, she's a zombie. <laughs> So even though I'm telling you this audience, just seeing it, um, you're going to have, you're going to be in stitches when you, when you see that scene. Um, so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So early, early Simon Pegg with that one. Another one is what we do in the shadows. Yes. By uh, Taika Waititi. And there's a series I know, um, but this is where the, the, the series comes from is what we do in the shadows. Um, also mm-hmm. directed by also directed by Jermaine Clement. Uh, did we see this at TIFF, Heidi? I feel I feel like we saw it at TIFF, and it might have been. I don't know if it was a Midnight Madness film. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I think it was a Midnight and Madness. We were. Everybody was howling. Everybody had so much fun. Yeah, I think you know because it's like again, you know, day in the life. It's like a mockumentary where a reporters interviewing uh, <laughs> vampires. And they're in the house. And so, you know, the guy's talking about his roommates and, you know, they have roommate problems, but they're vampires. So they're vampire issues uh, that they're talking about. And I love the reclusive roommate, Peter. Yes. (laughs) Who's Yes, the Nosferatu. Yes. (laughs) Because Peter, Peter is stuck in this household of young people. <laughs> and, and he just he's just different uh, because he's seen it all. He's lived through it all. And he has these young people, these young roommates who are not keeping up, you know, their end uh, of, of the agreement. So he keeps hiding. Yes, <laughs> basically. Um, so even just talking about it, it's we're laughing because we we could think back on the scenes. Yes, we can think film. back on the scenes and just how. Right. Um, how casual some of it is um, mm-hmm. while something, you know, horrific is happening in the background. So it's the contrast between the two sort of this mm-hmm. rea- reality show a reporter going in and, you know, talking about, you know, the vampires and how they live and, <laughs> um, and that, that whole spectacle of, of that. So let's um, uh, you have a, a film here called Air. Ermentari? Yes, Ermentari, which is, I think, in Basque, which is one of the languages in um, spoken in Spain. In Spain, yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, I can tell you a little bit about it if you have time. So it's, the title is um, Ermentari, the Blacksmith of the Devil, and in Castilian Spanish, it's the same title, but El Herrero y el Diablo. So it's pretty much the same. And this one was a quick find on Netflix one one evening. Um, I didn't know anything about it. And um, I put it under not too scary because it's a little bit more of like atmosphere. And there's like, um, it's like a small village where the blacksmith, there's rumors that the blacksmith has sort of a deal with the devil so he's the outcast in the village but there's a little girl that somehow stumbles into his home and kind of is curious about him um so there's a little bit of Guillermo del Toro in the way that there's a little girl you know um Mm -hmm. kind of like the Alice in Wonderland uh, vibe that we see in some of the Toro films and uh, you just kind of follow her because she's curious okay now Mm -hmm. you have a a film just the title alone (laughs) gives me where you no know, chill a girl walks home alone at night oh, Hello? we're now in the in the area of like it could be scary to some people but also okay. the title will be scary to some of us the, scary women. Title. <laughs> the, 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 the title's scary to me Heidi a girl walks home alone at night um, so I take it you haven't seen you have not no seen I have not seen this okay mm-hmm. yeah it's a film by um Anna Lily Amikor and uh it's uh Quite, it has quite the following. And I think this was her first feature film. 
as a director and um it it kind of depicts like a female vampire which was kind of cool in in terms of like the story of vampires she's kind of you know she kind of preys on on men like not good men like bad people mm-hmm. you know but it's just you're kind of following her um her out in in this uh, Iranian ghost town called Bad City there's no like a lot of action so I guess I should but you are sort of in that in the scenes with her like you're going along with her in her in her outings it's also in black and white um it also has really good use of music so to me it's one that I think you could handle all right mm-hmm. let's switch this to a couple of films that are scary mm-hmm. um like Wreck R-E-C <laughs> I saw, I I saw the English version, uh, Quarantine. Oh, Oh, you saw that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that scared me. And then. How apropos. (laughs) (laughs) Quarantine. Yeah. Everybody was watching it at the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I saw Quarantine years ago. And then Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me that, that, um, Wreck, um, that it was based on the, the, the Spanish film, um, Mm -hmm wreck and you said no you can't see that so I stayed away nope. from it <laughs> I don't want to watch it by myself anymore and I've done it yeah and you're, yeah you are a horror uh film lover so yeah that um, one spooked me it even just thinking about it makes me feel spooked because the first time I watched it I watched it really late at night because it's what I do and I basically had to keep the lights on for a while <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so people, that should tell you that, first of all, she's told me, the scaredy cat, that even though I saw Quarantine and was scared by that, the English version um, of Wreck, so that tells you the, t- the type of person you need to be in order to watch Wreck. And um, this is about a television reporter and cameraman that follow emergency workers into um, an apartment building. And mm-hmm. something terrifying is happening in the building. And yes. yeah. And it's terrifying. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's something about Spaniard horror. It's just the same way that there's French. There's a French uh, horror type. Like, there's just certain things that they do and and tropes they use that it that can convey a lot of you know fear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so let's move over to oh, you've got one by Dario Argento. Oh yeah. One of, uh, I think it was his first film as director, actually. Um, the Bird with the Crystal Plumage, which um, I also don't consider super scary, but it can be, I guess I will say it can be creepy in the sense that there is, um, so it's about an American who is now in Rome that witnesses a, a murder, an attempted murder that's sort of connected to, to a killing spree in the same city. And then basically, um, he and his girlfriend are now targets by the killer. But there's aspects of the film that are scary because of what we don't see. So there's a lot of darkness. Um, there's a lot of, you know, even like the the cinematography, the way that the colors that you know that they that they he used. So it really is about kind of cashing in on on our fear of the unknown mm-hmm. or the dark. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a giallo film uh, yeah it's italian mm-hmm. horror that genre okay mm-hmm. um japanese now sadako versus <laughs> kayako uh which we which we saw another midnight madness film that we saw at, at tim you can handle that one and i could handle this one so if you're uh, i could handle it um so mm-hmm. again that you know, you're listening, you, you're wondering if you can see it. I think, uh, I think you can see it. It's, it's a nice scare. It's a, it's a nice scare. <laughs> but, I, but again, watch it with some, I have to watch it with somebody, Heidi. <laughs> watch oh it yeah, with because you got to like grab someone's hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, for people who are not familiar with Sadako or Kayako, um, can you fill us in, Heidi? Sure. So basically, these are two characters from two separate uh, films, a Japanese film called Ringu, The Ring in English, and Juwan, which is The Grudge in English. And they have their own series. 
But in this film, basically, um, I think there's a woman that needs to avoid being killed. <laughs> so she, by one of these two characters, so she just pits one against the other and hopefully she survives. So parts of it are super fun, but parts of it can be really scary. I do know that another friend of mine found this to be too much for him. So, you know, it, it will depend on your tolerance level, I should say. Yeah, because there are a couple of moments where, um, and I can't give it away, unfortunately, no. where, <clears throat> where, where I, where I jumped. So I did jump in this one, but it was, a oh, good, yeah. it was a, it's, it's not a horror comedy. Um, some things are funny, but I wouldn't put it in the horror comedy genre um, because there's some no. things that are, are definitely, um, that will make you jump. Uh, yeah, for so sure. Me too, what, though. I, yeah. Yeah. Watch out for that. And <laughs> so that's Sadako versus Kayako. And yeah. uh, you can watch out for that one. One I've heard about but never seen is um, The Babadook. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. By Jennifer yeah, I Kent. don't know that you can watch that one. I'm okay. not sure you can watch it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. Share with, um, share with me. Well, you know my my tolerance level. So share right. with me what this is about. Because so there will be this, people, there will be people listening who are looking for the scary one. So tell oh, us. Oh, for sure, for sure. So the Babadook is directed by Jennifer Kent, and it's about a single mother and her child, her son, that um, her her husband just died a violent death, and they're now alone, and they kind of fall like they kind of fall into a weird paranoia because of a children's book that's found in the house or called Mr. Babadook. And I don't want to give that much away in terms of what else, what happens, but it has to do with this character in the book. And again, it's sort of like a demon. Is it like a demon? Is it a construct of their minds? And, and it's just, like it's just done so well that you feel scared alongside the two of them. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I think that and might that be too feelings. Much. Yeah. That might be too might much be. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it stays with you. Like I feel that that feeling of kind of fear stays a little longer after you watch the film. Okay. Now yeah. um, there's a film by Bruce McDonald on your list, which I keep hearing about, but mm-hmm, I've never, mm-hmm. I've never seen it. It's called Pontypool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so some CanCon Canadian film for, for yeah. your listeners. Uh, so basically, um, I like watching films with uh, Stephen McCaddy, who's a well-known actor um, here in Canada and uh, also in horror films. And basically, he's a radio host who who interprets a, a possible outbreak of a deadly virus that's sort of um, infecting a small town in Ontario. So there's this sort of like a zombie type um, thing that's happening in this small town in Ontario and sort of what ensues from that and, and him having to sort of survive as well. It's not a new story per se. You could see, you could see references to maybe like the Omega Man or, you know, other films, but it's just so well done and it can be a little bloody and violent. So I put it in this scary kind of category because I'm not sure if it's for everybody okay so people can look that up and check out reviews Mm -hmm. and see if it's um see if it's for them um have you seen the new version of Candyman I have not I'm afraid which is probably still good because it's still October so I can go watch it okay so what can you tell Mm -hmm. us about the original I mean I can't even look at the poster seriously (laughs) I just can't Sorry, like I know I'm not making fun. I have not heard you say this. <laughs> I can't. It's just, I just, it's, it's just. You get a visceral reaction. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. All right, that's fair. Um, I watched this when I was young. I'm dating myself, <laughs> but not exactly when it came out. But I think somewhere, maybe like, I want to say maybe like university. You know, when you're just kind of renting. Mm-hmm. DVDs and all that and um, it's basically about this sort of local legend called the Candyman and it's he's basically a soul that is you know traveling through time but he kills people with like a hook instead of a hand and you know he's there's these grad students doing these sort of I don't know what I want to call it like parapsychology type 
work and they summon him by accident, quote unquote accident, because I think it's on purpose. <laughs> and um, and the main character of Candyman is played by Tony Todd and he is so great in it because he's got stature and the voice and because he's a theater actor, he just has so much presence that. Yeah, can you yeah, repeat his? I love you, it. You cut out for a minute, Heidi. Can you repeat his name so people get that? So people hear that? Oh, sorry. Yes, the main actor is Tony Todd. Um, and he's well known uh, for this character, but other ones. Yeah. Um, I, I've, there's some trailers that I can't even watch. And Candyman is one of them. And it's like, don't even get me started about it. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's not on this list because I, I didn't I want to scare you. <laughs> I, I couldn't even watch the poster. And I remember when it came out, the first one, people were posting things on Facebook. And I, I, I literally said, stop. It's like, stop posting it. You're scaring me, people. I will not show up with a yellow raincoat and a balloon. <laughs> Don't. Here. So. Yeah. Um, well, Heidi, thank you for joining me and, you know, having a chuckle and um, some creepy moments with your with your list. Uh, before we go, is mm-hmm. there anything that you want to throw out for, for people, uh, a movie or mm-hmm. that we haven't perhaps talked about that you want people to definitely see? Yeah, I, maybe I want to throw um, it's like a throwback, but it's a series that came out well before my time called Salem's Lot. I okay. think it's a based. I think it's a Stephen King. Stephen King, yeah, yes. And I watched it as an adult, like the whole series over the course of a couple of days. I was creeped out. I own it on DVD. That's how much I like it. But it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> so um, it's kind of vampire type. Uh, the plot of it is sort of like a vampire type. So, how, um, so how did you get um how did you get into horror movies in the first place I don't know I think I just watched anything growing up <laughs> um I think maybe like a family member used to like we would just watch it on weekends with my cousins and and their parents and you know growing up it was just something we watched together so it didn't really seem as scary because you're with other people and yeah. then eventually I branched out and yeah. now you're now you're covering uh horror film festivals um right so yeah. fun yeah so tell people where they can find you again where can they find um oh, Heidi sure. M sure so uh, my website is Heist Musing so the url is h-y-e-m-u-s-i-n-g-s dot c-a and will you have more Halloween stuff on your website or are you going to do this rundown but in more details for people I may have the similar list that we talked about um, on my website, hopefully in the next day or so, um, as I'm preparing to pack and move. So fingers crossed, I'll get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can have a a restful, creepy Halloween. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Heidi. Thanks, Donna. Thank you so much for tuning in to The More The Merrier. You can find me at www.ciut.fm Sundays from 1 to 2 p.m. Do tell your friends. My socials at TMTM with Donna G on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks to my guest, Heidi M., arts and culture writer and friend. Again, her website is highmusings.ca and her socials at High Musings. I'd also like to thank my guest, Hazel Dew, for joining me to talk about her film, You Are Not My Mother, which screened at the Toronto International Film Festival in the Midnight Madness section. And good news for you fans, the film should be coming out sometime next year, so keep your eye out for those notices. This is Donna G signing off with some Jane Bennett, and this is called El Diablo. Ayer hablé como un hombre de diente de oro y me pienso casar. Ayer hablé como un hombre de diente de oro y me pienso casar. Rostro, sofás y vocablo, su agua, esta figura te van a embaucar. Cuidado, ten hermanita, que si hombre ser diablo y te puede llevar. Cuidado.
ayer hablé como un hombre de diente de oro que pienso casar. Ayer hablé como un hombre de diente de oro y me pienso casar. Rostro, sofás y vocablo, su apuesta figura te van a embaucar. Cuidado, ten hermanita, que si hombre es el diablo y te puede llevar. Cuidado, ten hermanita, que si hombre es el diablo y te puede llevar. 